Reed Richards. Lightning with He Diana. is Elastigirl, but with a penis. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, welcome to the Bearded and Nerdy Podcast. Just letting you know, this podcast is chock full of spoilers. We are going to spoil everything for you if you have not seen this movie. It is a spoiler minefield. Do not continue past this point if you've yet to see Endgame. We don't want, want to be responsible for the things that might happen in the event that you get spoiled. We are not liable for any emotional damage as a result of this podcast. Thank you and enjoy. Hey there, welcome to the Bearded and Nerdy Podcast, your home for news and reviews for some of the biggest events in superhero culture. We're talking movies, TV shows, comics, conventions, you name it. I got it. I am your host, Michael Georgie, and today I am being joined once again by my co-host, Duncan Miller, and hey. a special guest, our friend, Alex Pillay. Hello. Alex, how the heck are you doing? I'm good. So, this is the first time that we actually have three people on this podcast that created some technical some technical fun stuff but we uh, worked it all out so alex this is the bearded and nerdy podcast it is and of all the people with beards here you have the smallest one so you must be pretty nerdy here you gotta you gotta justify to our audience all four to seven people that listen to this <laughs> podcast <laughs> exactly what your cred is why are you on this podcast what what gives you the right to guest here on the Bearded and Nerdy podcast. Well, I can put together coherent sentences. That's, all, that's, that's always a plus. plus. That's most of it. That's most um, of it, really. I've read some comics. I'm not the most well-versed in the comics. However, I'm pretty up-to-date on the MCU, and I like to kind of think about it deeper than most. So I, I, I claim my that I could be appropriate on this podcast. Well, you see, Alex is also... Alex is, and don't let that intro fool you, Alex is definitely a huge nerd. Alex yeah. participates in all sorts of nerdy mediums. He's a huge Game of Thrones guy. Growing up, he was a big Doctor Who guy. He uh, does the whole Dungeons and Dragons thing, just like Duncan. He is more, more than qualified to be here on this podcast with us. The whole idea with getting him on here is that Alex, like a lot of people, consumes fiction you know, to a pretty large degree and to a pretty varied degree. And I think that it's important to get perspectives of somebody who might not be as entrenched in the comics like Duncan and I are. And somebody, and, I'm the you know, lay person yeah, in this scenario. Yeah, exactly. Provide some, some extra insight. As somebody who consu consumes other forms of fiction, what are your thoughts on this breed of fiction here? And of course, today... We have quite the topic for you. Pretty much every podcast ever on this topic leads up to this, leads up to the topic we're going to discuss today. So before we get into that, we got some news. We got our segments. We know we like to start off with our news. So in between the last podcast and this podcast, we've had quite a bit of superhero news. The first, the first of which, and probably the most recent at the time of this recording, is that we got a second Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Right, right. And so, who here has seen that Spider-Man Far From Home? Trailer? I did. Yeah, and, I watched it. And and so, Duncan, what were your thoughts on that? Uh, I was already like pretty excited for the movie. This definitely increased that excitement. I'm glad that uh, 
and I mean, there were spoilers in this for Endgame, but that's not going to matter here. I'm glad that the things that happen in Endgame are being directly addressed head on. Mm -hmm. I like that it's pushing things in a new direction, and I like some of the snappy one-liners, so... Of course, a Spider-Man staple. The, sm- the snappy one-liners are strong. I, what I think is really, really cool is that we aren't in- entirely sure the role that Mysterio is playing. Exactly. I'm just yeah. about to bring that up. Yeah, because, you know, as, you know as we've all read Mysterio in comics or seen him in the animated series and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We know that Mysterio is not a good guy. Mm-hmm. So... Is he go? Are, is the MCU switching it up? Is the is Mysterio going to be a good guy? Uh, good guy. They've done this before, you know, right. with the Skrulls, for example. Kinda, we know, we know. Kinda, things have changed. Um, but it could very well be the case that Mysterio is, you know, on our side. But you never know. That that seems like something that'd be really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, Alex, yeah, you saw the trailer. Yeah, I think it looked really cool. Um, obviously, I'm very, I'm very, I, I like. Tom Holland a lot. I think he's oh, yeah. a very good Spider-Man, mm-hmm. um, especially because we had some others um, <laughs> that we don't yeah. need to address. <laughs> he shall not be named. <laughs> and so I think the the story of Tom Holland's Spider-Man has been really good. I think he's played it really well, and I think it continues in the trailers. I think the emotions that he's shown throughout the trailer really fit well post-Endgame. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty excited for it. I think what's really, really excellent is the way that basically they are switching it up. The roles that certain characters have held in the MCU up to this point are beginning to shift. Tom Holland, or Peter Parker, before this movie was definitely a supporting character. He wasn't one of the original six. He wasn't a main Avenger. But now we're seeing him, I think, really come into his Mm -hmm. own. I think that Spider-Man is going to become a heavy hitter. And it only makes sense. Spider-Man is one of the greatest comic creations of all time. Arguably, in my opinion, Stan Lee's greatest creation. So not putting him at the forefront uh, eventually doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Tom Holland and Peter Parker does in this uh, new Far From Home. I'm super, super excited. Uh, Next one, uh, you know, kind of tying into the subject we're going to talk about today Endgame made a lot of money. Um, I don't have the exact figure in front of me, but we're past $2 billion now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of money. It uh, definitely, like, it, it burst Infinity's War, Infinity War's record in, like, seconds. It's pretty much on the track to overtake Avatar for the biggest selling movie of all time. You know, it, this doesn't come as... It's barely news. We, I could have reported this. I could have recorded this part, like, two, three a month ago, like oh, three weeks ago, a month ago, whatever, and I'd probably be accurate. I'd probably just say, yeah, Endgame's the biggest movie of all time, and I could just snip that there and put it right here, and it would. Yeah. It surprises no one. Not much to say about that. No. Yeah. It made a lot of money. Okay, and... <laughs> <laughs> what didn't do well? <laughs> what didn't make a lot of money? Well, guys, Hellboy did not do well. Right. It, <laughs> it really crushed my spirit to yeah. see that because... I love Neil Marshall. I think he's a great director. He directed probably my favorite episode of Game of Thrones, Blackwater. And he directed one of my all-time favorite horror movies, Dog Soldiers. Oh, did he direct Dog Soldiers? He did. Oh, wow. He's got such a great style. And just see that it didn't... I haven't seen the movie, in all fairness. So I I cannot comment on its quality. But I have heard more or less ranging from it's eh 
to it's horrible. Mm -hmm. That's not a good space. Mm -mm. So to see that it didn't do so well financially doesn't really come as a surprise, but it definitely kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Especially one, one really captivating part about every Hellboy movie. The very first thing that you're going to look at is how does he look? That's a very difficult character to make look good. Right. It's a very, very involved. When I saw that first, uh, that first shot of David Harbour as Hellboy, I was like, oh, they're going to nail this. Because yeah. he looked awesome. He looks awesome. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> like, seeing the trailers, the visuals look awesome. Yeah. yeah. But then I hear that... The visuals were not the, the awesome. Vis- <laughs> the visuals were not awesome, which is news to me. Again, I haven't seen, seen it, it yeah. so I cannot comment more. I'll be but... looking forward to watching it and really seeing yeah. if, it, if it really right. does it, suck. And it has... Uh, What's her name? Jovovich in it. Oh, Mila God. Jo- Jovovich. Yeah. It's yeah. like she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I'm, Why I'm, can't she stop being in bad movies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see what actually ended up happening. Um, I'm going to see it that based on what I've heard, I'm not going to pay to see yeah. it. but Or like, I'll rent it when it comes out or whatever. Because I, I feel like it's something that's important to kind of see. I do want to develop my own opinion, yeah. but especially because the first two weren't weren't bad. No, they were really yeah, good. They were really good. <laughs> no, right. no so. especially. And I, I really hope that because David Harbour is a great actor. I saw a little bit of him on Stranger Things, and he's a solid actor. He's done mm-hmm. great stuff. So again, I'm really hesitant to like blame him, but you know. So next segment. Uh, this is one of my favorites, and this is one, again, that I ripped from uh, the Total Titan Transformation podcast. That's a shout-out to the Bono Boys who do that. They, uh, they've recently stopped doing that on the podcast, so now I claim ownership. It is mine now. And this is uh, pretty much we describe what we've been into this week. You know, Obviously, we're all big fans of the Marvel stuff and the superhero stuff, but we like other stuff, too. So we like to kind of describe that, make it a little personal, add a personal touch. So, Alex, why don't we start with you? What have you been into this week? Um, this past week or two has been really yeah. big. Uh, obviously, like you, Michael, and like you, Duncan, I am a metal fan. Um, it should be noted, Alex is in a band with us. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, Alex is in our band. <laughs> Shameless plug. The prosecution, FL, look us up on Spotify. It's true. Um but this past like couple weeks have been really big for the metal scene. Oh yeah. Um, Amon Amarth released three uh, singles and the album. Yeah. Oh wait, did we get the yeah. album already? Oh, yeah, yeah, it came out. I listened to the whole album three times already. It is real good. Oh, okay. It I'm is excited. real good. I'm excited. Um, a couple other bands dropped some singles. Sabaton released Bismarck and, and Fields of Verdun. Fields of Verdun, both of which are really good. I loved Bismarck. It's really sad it's not on Spotify, which sucks. But it's so good. Awesome. Um, and then a personal favorite of mine, Glory Hammer, is going to make a new album. And they released a single called Glory Hammer. And it is amazing. And I love <laughs> them so much. Glory Hammer is some of the best gratuitous power metal I think I've yeah. ever heard. It kind of right. redeems the fact that he comes from Ailstorm. Oh, Ailstorm. A lot of people like Ailstorm. The pirate metal just yeah, does not do it for me. Does not. Anyway. But yeah, that's, that's what I've been into recently. Nice. Duncan, what about you? Uh, well, I guess two things kind of come to mind. I've been watching the new season of Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. me and a million other people, probably many millions of other people, and, uh, I'm enjoying it so far. It's definitely interesting. It's definitely taken some turns that I was expecting or wasn't expecting, and I'm excited to see how they wrap the series up. I'm also going to start running a D&D campaign on Saturday. Oh, nice. 
I'm going to run the Wizards of the Coast Adventure Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Mm. So I've been doing all kinds of prep work for months, actually. But uh, I'm super excited to start that for my group. Oh, rad. All right. And I, I have been, I just wrapped up uh, an anime every now and again. I like to tie it back to my, my journey into the anime world. And I just wrapped up Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And Jesus Christ. What a show. <laughs> that ending brought on so many different emotions and things like that. And I just, yeah, I cannot recommend it highly enough. And I'm surprised uh, at, the, at the amount of shift that occurred throughout. It's definitely, I find it pretty palatable to pretty much anybody. Like, even if you're just sort of kind of into an anime, like, say you've only seen, like, Dragon Ball Z or Naruto or something like that, or you're watching My Hero right now, Full Metal Alchemist it's pretty much it's pretty much tailored to for anybody to be able to watch it, and it just gets so much more intense and so much more broad. It's what a, what a wonderful concept. So mm-hmm. I can I can't speak highly enough about it. And there are certain scenes, you know, with with anime, you know, obviously you got great battles that occur all throughout the shows. There's definitely gonna be a few that I'm gonna be coming back to every now and again, just to just to relive those moments for the for for, the, for another time. So yeah, no, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, highly recommend if you haven't seen it. I know I'm late to the game, but if you haven't seen it yet, have at it. Good lord. Also, quick shout out before we continue into the into the bread and butter of the podcast. Oh, but of course, Michael and Duncan graduated college. So oh, little, oh my lord! Oh, we did it. We did congrats it. to them. <laughs> we uh, congrats. From one don't, br- don't bring that's this all, guy back. That's Michael. all I'll don't say. But just back. my congratulations. I appreciate it. Yeah, from one existential nightmare to another. <laughs> that's hey. <laughs> hey. But welcome yeah, to adulthood. Yeah, looking forward to actually, you know, having this. The fact that we're actually able to do this is a direct product of that because now we have free time and are capable of doing that. You know, we've been wanting to do this podcast for a bit, but because of the whole college thing, it's been hard. So now, thank you, Graduating College, for letting us podcast. Right. <laughs> Thanks. So, let's get into it. So, we are reviewing what is probably the biggest event in superhero culture to date. Never before has there been any sort of you know cultural product in any sort of medium that has brought this much attention to superheroes since superheroes since the first superman comic strip was invented like was created there's been nothing like this mm-hmm. so we are so excited to review this there's a lot there's a lot a lot to unpack it is a 3 hour and 2 minute movie but we're going to condense it we'll we'll do our best obviously but marvel's endgame the final chapter of an 11-year franchise before it basically kind of starts anew again. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously this isn't the end, but it is the end for a lot of characters for the first time. We're not going to see some of these characters in movies in the future. And I'm excited to dig in because I've, all of us have some pretty nuanced opinions on some of the stuff to come. So, opening statements. Um so when did you guys get to see Endgame? I know, well, there's an obvious choice with Duncan. Okay, yeah. well, I've seen it twice now. Yeah. First, I saw it one day after it came out with you, yes. with, with Michael. <laughs> um, we went and saw it at a theater at, like, what was that, the Citrus Park Mall? Uh, yeah, that was the Citrus Park. We saw it at a 9 o'clock showing, so it was not until, like, well after midnight that it was done. Mm-hmm. That was a little rough. And then I saw it again last Friday with a couple family members. Yeah. And uh, 
uh, again, so I saw it with Duncan the day after it came out. And uh, admittedly, um, <laughs> I can only imagine how it was for you, Alex. Yeah. But avoiding those spoilers for all of <laughs> like one day, for, like one day <laughs> felt like an eternity. Yeah. Oh my God. So Alex, I know you caught it a, so, l- a little later than uh, that. <laughs> I saw it with Cameron on her birthday, which was May 1st. So I had to go that whole time. Oh, Jesus pretty much Christ. never logging onto Reddit. Scrolling really quickly through Twitter. Oh, but yeah. I Twitter managed, was a Twitter yeah, was a minefield. minefield. I managed to she got one. She had one small spoiler. She told she didn't tell me, but she saw told me that she did get one thing Ugh. spoiled. I managed to get through until March first without a spoiler. So I did get to see it blank slate. Um, and so yeah, that was it was rough. Yeah, no, but we all we got to see it. So, did any of you guys prepare in any way? I know you and I sort of did for the Endgame Prep podcast. Yes. So, I, I know for, for, for me, when I was actually preparing to make that podcast, I had to go through. And one, I was listening to a lot of some of my favorite uh, Marvel podcasts and, you know, superhero podcasts. And getting their takes on how the characters have progressed throughout, which actually really helped me... Uh, figure out the overall the true progression of some of the, of the original six which was awesome and then of course i watched some of my favorite scenes in preparation to do our five most badass moments yeah i did the re-watching scenes for our badass moments podcast and then i didn't re-watch any of the movies yeah me neither. before i went into endgame i didn't even re-watch infinity war i just i I didn't have time. That was a very no. busy week for me. Yeah, for, yeah, for the both of us. <laughs> right. So I didn't have time to sit around and rewatch movies, but I definitely thought about them at length because I made the podcast with you. Mm-hmm. So that was it for me. What about you, Alex? Um, I definitely, I, couple things. One, I watched Infinity War again. Mm-hmm. I had some time. I just watched it. Um, I've also, I watched a couple of YouTube videos recapping a lot of the individual characters progressing throughout because there were some times or parts of the MCU that I had less memory of. Um, so I watched some pretty lengthy YouTube mm-hmm. videos recapping that. And then I saw Captain Marvel in theaters Yeah. Um, because I hadn't and Cameron and I wanted to. So we did. It was a good movie. And so I guess yeah. I technically also saw, if we're counting that as in-game prep, yeah, I did in we fact all, see, yeah, we, see we, we, Cap- I saw, saw really Captain late. Marvel yeah. with my sister. I saw it pretty late. That's um, right, because it, it's still in the theaters yeah. now, isn't it? I saw it. It, like, it is. I saw it less huh. than a week before I saw Endgame. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's a pretty nifty segue to go like right into mm-hmm. it. I mean, because again, that I mean the last the the last scene in Captain Marvel is like, you know, the one of the one of the first scenes you see in a an end game. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we all it's it's a movie that you can't really kind of go in without you have to process a lot. This is an ele- this is 11 years of movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. you forget how much th- some of these characters have progressed. You watch first Iron Man or first Thor and then you see how they are now oh, and it's yeah. it's like night and day. Yeah. Yeah. Especially you know when Paramount had control of the of the MCU at the time things were very very different. So Overall thoughts. What are overall thoughts on Endgame? Duncan, why don't you start? Well, here here we go. <laughs> so it begins. I think that it's fine. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't think it was that great as a finale. Like I, I felt like that movie. I feel like Endgame needed to be perfect to to end twenty one movies, and it's not perfect. Yeah. Like there were moments. I think we've talked about this before that you know we see a lot of movies that we then bitch about or we complain or whatever. Usually, if I'm in the theater and I'm just along for the ride, it's all fine. But there mm-hmm. were moments in this movie where I was not along for the ride, where I was sitting there in the theater thinking, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So it was like, in any other movie, that would have been fine. But the fact that this was the finale, those little moments really got to yeah. me that mm-hmm. that was there. Yeah, Alex. I, I think I, I enjoyed the movie. I agree that there are some flaws. Uh, I think... In some aspects, it was a it had good conclusive elements to some of them. Yeah, to what they're deeming the Infinity Saga, which is our last eleven years. Um, and then I think it also added some nice jumping off points for the future of the MCU. Um, so I think it's it's a mixed bag of feelings, especially because it is the conclusion, and I wanted it to be this great product. That you want it to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. You, that's what you want, you know, because you've invested 11 years of your life yes. into this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's... it's we, so I, I had in, a lot of emotion. Yeah, I mean, I was in the theater for Iron Man 1 at 10 years old, you know, and I've seen pretty much everyone in the theater since, I would say, maybe, I think, except for two. Um, my, I, I kind of have, like, a combination of you guys. I don't think... The movie wasn't perfect, um, a lot of people kind of went ahead and said, and this is clearly the excitement, you know, the way the movie, the way the movie hits you when you're in the movie theater and it's like a basketball game and people are screaming and cheering and whatnot can really, really elevate every scene for you. But people were going on the internet saying it was the greatest accomplishment in cinematic no. history. And that is, that is far from true. Um, it's as a movie, I thought it was it was fine. There were thing with being a three hour movie already kind of stacks the odds against you because that's a lot of plot to put in there, and especially in superhero movies, three hour long films, mm. two and a half hour long films don't have a great history. Yeah, they stacked a lot of things against themselves. <laughs> yeah. Time travel. We, yeah. Spoiler alert: oh. We're getting into that oh. time travel. Yeah. That automatically that plot element stacks everything against. Oh, you. Oh yeah. The length stacks everything against you, and like. It's like, okay, you stack the deck against you. Let's see what you can do. Yeah, and, and again, I, I think that we're kind of... We're, we're, I think, I'm not trying to be too harsh. I really definitely enjoyed the movie. There were great parts where I was clapping and I was excited. And there were some... Ex- I think it was a better bookend than it was a movie. You know? I think that's, I think that's the best way for me to describe it. I think that it did a really great job of providing closure to some characters that needed closure. And, but the movie itself, if we're isolating it as a film, it definitely has some flaws. It's, the last hour definitely makes up for some of it, but doesn't make up for, yeah. <laughs> for all of it. Right. Again, though, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Yeah, At least enough to see a, it twice. Yeah, yeah, I had a fun time in the theater. But it was like, especially after the second time, and I was talking about with my family, they were more critical than I think we're going to be. Yeah. But some of the stuff they were saying, it hit me. I was like, you know what? You're right. 
Mm-hmm. You're right. Like I, because they're asking me, they're like, well, how does that this element make sense? And I was about to say something, and I thought, you're right, it doesn't make sense. I I can't answer that. Well, I think this is a great transition. So, it was a three hour long movie, mm-hmm. and one thing that plagues three hour films is the pacing of it. And uh, what do you guys think of the pacing of the movie? Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay, Bad. So, <laughs> was it good? Um, it it, it kind of has like chunks, right? This yeah. movie can have definite like chapters to it. You have the very beginning. You have like the first like less than half an hour. Yeah, right. Which is its own it's thing. It's very fast. Uh, yeah, but not. I didn't think it was unbearably fast. I thought I could comprehend what was going on. I liked that. You know, it was kind of like a let's get get it done kind of attitude. You know, things happened. I thought the plot was understandable. I think it made sense. I liked it. And then let me get to the five years later. And <laughs> the nothing, <laughs> nothing happens for such a long time. Yeah, pretty much from the introduction of Ant-Man to the point where they actually start gathering the stones in the past not much happens so i'm about to completely disagree with both of you oh shit i'm about to completely disagree with both of you i thought there was i honestly did not have a problem with any of the pacing in the movie really like again we saw it at nine o'clock at at around midnight the odds were stacked against us uh, the odds were stacked against us i was honestly fine i was just like okay everything's going along I never felt like it was dragging. I felt like it take, took its time where it needed to, especially because it was about to introduce a lot of plot. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it's taking its time here. It's moving a little faster here. And then seeing it a second time, same thing. Like I, I don't think it was badly paced. I definitely could see where you guys are coming from. Like I totally mm-hmm. could see watching some of those scenes and thinking this is nothing's happening here. But I would personally, as a, you know, a movie watcher, I was not put off by that. Okay. And I liked how fast the beginning is. Oh, I definitely did as well. Yeah. Because it was shocking. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the second they immediately killed Thanos, I thought this movie is going to do something unique because it has to now. Yeah. And then when it decided to slow down, I was like, okay, this is part of that uniqueness. They're going to take things slow. And, I, and, and, and to a degree, I understand that. I think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that we are trying to introduce now so many characters that have yet to come in contact with each other. We have to introduce, we have the incredibly daunting task of introducing time travel. Right. Yeah. Right. Which, which yeah. you can't just do in a second. You can't just like. That would be like Age of Ultron. Remember, I remember when we saw that, we both complained that the process of getting to Ultron existing is way too fast. Oh my god. Ultron went from zero to... He Captain Marvel himself. He went from like zero to a hundred in like two and a half minutes. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, I... And I understand kind of like stylistically how the progression of the the um, pace plays to the plot. The very beginning, they definitely have like a goal, an objective, and a means. And yeah. So things are moving. Then it breaks down. They don't really know what's going on. They don't really have faith and so things slow down, and I like I get the stylistic choice, and I liked it. I have more of an issue with the the pace changes rather than the pace itself. Yeah. So, and I get that's like, a better way to put that. Yeah. And I think like the change from like they kill Thanos to five years later, that's a big change, and it's kind of broken with like the idea that five years has passed. Mm-hmm. I get that, but then you have like the what I call like the reintroduction of characters, like the reintroduction of Thor. 
as the, yeah, the as, end as the game big Lebowski. Thor. <laughs> yeah. So yes. that was that was really slow. Like took a lot of time, kind of just talking, and it was like it was also to add some like you know comedy in there. There was some nice like we'll touch elements. on that in a minute. Yeah. At least so, I will. But then you compare like the reintroduction of Thor and he's in the new Asgard and all that. To when they showed Hawkeye slash Ronin, because that's a big distinction, yes. in Japan, and it's like in the middle of a fight scene. Like you're cut into a fight scene. And I think those changes in pace were kind of drastic. Yeah. I think part of that isn't. I think you're right. Like it is a pace thing. I think it's more of a tone thing because okay, yeah. I think that that was one of my big problems with this movie was the tone. Like, after a certain point in the MCU, they decided that things needed to be funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess it was once Guardians of the Galaxy was a hit. They yeah. decided things needed to be funny. Thor was not funny in those first three movies. And no. then Thor Ragnarok comes along, and he's funny. And now that's his character. They've redesigned his character. Yeah. But it's like, we have moments in this movie where people are joking, and it's fine. But then we have like scenes like the kids trying to get the selfie with Hulk. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's, that is way too gratuitous and long. Like I wanted them to cut that like a minute before. So when we have like a big long comedy scene of Thor and he's fat now and he's got the boys he's got with the them. <laughs> I was excited to see New him. Slayer 69. There's <laughs> jokes and all this. And then we cut to this super gritty action scene that seemed like it should be in a John Wick movie, not even say, a Marvel very, movie. Very stylistic. Oh, like, it's too it different good. for me. Yeah, it, it right? That, I would watch a whole movie of just Ronin. Ronin? Oh, oh, I would like, oh my God, guys, get a Ronin movie. Easily, <laughs> easily. So it was like, it was those big changes okay. in tone yeah, for me. Yeah, I agree. I think it was, it in that middle section, like between the, the, the death of Thanos and then when things pick up again, like the, the gathering of the stones, there was it was really choppy yeah and i think there were certain elements whether it was like just conversations or humor or kind of like idle acting that could have been cut down mm-hmm. and like they just took like the whole the, the hulk selfie that scene n- needed to end yeah gratuitous like it was just too long yeah, yeah well because it also doesn't really necess- that scene also doesn't necessarily play into the hulk's character mark yeah, well, ruffalo we'll- or bruce banner has never been uh been a character that we look to to fulfill that role right to fulfill the well, humorous like role this question or this movie left me with a lot of questions because in some places i feel like we're way beyond first impressions now oh yeah, yeah. we should be at this point um talking about the characters some characters are better developed than others mm-hmm. iron man captain america way better developed than like Hulk, who's probably, I would say, the worst developed character in these and movies. Justifiably so. He didn't, yeah, I mean, there's a reason for that. I totally get it, but at the same time, when they come into this movie and he's completely different, mm-hmm. there's been a big story change with him, and that's just kind of taken for granted. Or, like, is his person, did becoming, like, let's call him Professor Hulk, or yeah, what Professor he is now, Hulk, did yeah. this change his personality? Because he seems to act different. Like, he's asking people for selfies. He seems a lot more laid back. Well, like, yeah. So, it, what's going on there? Like, there's no explanation. Well, when it comes to Hulk, we've, you and I have discussed this at length. They, the MCU was one of the, again, 
The MCU, overall, an incredible franchise, but with 11 right. years of movies, you're going to slip up, and one of the bigger slip-ups is they have no idea and have never had an idea of what to do with Hulk. Yeah. Right. They right. have never decided, they've never took a true decision as to what direction they wanted to take Hulk. You know, Hulk in, uh, what's it, Ultron is vastly different than Hulk in Ragnarok. Right, right. You know, because in, in Ragnarok, and we're talking Hulk, not Banner, Hulk has a personality, and it's not like this is facilitated by his involvement with the Avengers. He developed this personality mm-hmm. on a completely and totally foreign planet. Mm-hmm. Right. And are we now fusing? And yeah, so I guess right now what we're discussing is a lot of these characters have made major changes in between these movies and Endgame, and Hulk is one of the bigger examples of this. Yeah. yeah. So, Well, the Hulks, to me, makes... I know in our notes we talked about big changes. We mm-hmm. talked about specifically Hawkeye, Thor, and Hulk. and Hulk. Okay, well, I think Hulk's makes the least amount of sense. Well, yeah. yeah. Like, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Whereas Thor and Hawkeye, I think both of the changes they underwent fit what yeah. happened. Yeah, and especially can, Thor. Yeah, they, well, we can absolutely easily explain those two. But, like, with Hulk... It's the idea that they've never really decided exactly what Hulk is, and yeah. the I, and the 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 idea that they've mixed they maybe they fused the personalities between Banner and Hulk. Nobody really knows. So I what what you can do is I say you could forget that this that they that they ever had no idea what to do with with the Hulk and just keep on going, with Professor Hulk, because I do think it's a good idea. No, it was it was cool. Yeah. It was cool, but it's just... But how? We're, yeah, it's like, how? Why? You know, I, I feel like I understand why some of the other characters make decisions. Like, I felt like I understood Thor this whole movie on the basis of this is how Thor has acted in every movie. This mm-hmm. is the arc. Mm-hmm. This is how his character's gone. With Hulk, it's like, okay, you're going to make him important again, but now this thing's happened. So, like, yeah. like, what? To me... His whole, like, one of his defining characteristics is, like, the kind of Jacqueline Hyde battle yeah. internally between these two things, and they've kind of just discredited that whole thing now. Like, exactly, it's like, yeah. And so, like, and I get, like, okay, we can forget about it, but then, like, that's kind of who Hulk is supposed to be, yeah. and it's supposed to be this, like, battle between, and, like, it kind of changed when Hulk gained a personality and kind mm-hmm. of gained almost like, like sentience his own you know? sentience separate from banner and so like i kind of was like okay what's gonna go with that and then like five years later and they've just completely removed that aspect and it's like he has no issues anymore he's just like hulk size but it seems like he has the intelligence of banner but like it's like what happened to hulk like yeah i because think it's not like it's something we don't want to know we do like right, it's just, right. the audience wants it's not like we're not invested in hulk and again you can only go so far with Hulk. I actually had this argument with with, with my buddy Brad. Hi, Brad. Hey. How's it going? Because um, Brad does listen to this. Shout out to Brad. Wow. Yeah, Brad's a real one. But the one th- thing that I presented, because Brad's a huge Hulk fan. He's Brad's fa- Hulk is Brad's favorite Avenger, I think, mm. aside from Captain America. For, forgive me if I'm wrong, Brad. But one thing that he, one thing that I kind of said is that you can only go so far with Hulk because you can't really progress a, uh, get a character from point A to point B in a plot if he can barely form sentences. Mm-hmm. So I get why they did that. Professor Hulk, in a, as a concept, is very smart because now you can take the strength of the Hulk, which is a big deal, and the intelligence of Banner, which is also a big deal, without having to pick and choose. So Professor Hulk is a good idea. It was the transition between what we got with Infinity War and what we got in Endgame. Right. 
Yeah. Speaking of the transitions, which I'm doing right now. Oh, man. Um, we're getting better at this, guys. Right. <laughs> um, what about Hawkeye, though? Because I feel like we're, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but does everybody feel like the Thor, the stuff that happened with Thor, him being fat and all that, do you all feel like that made sense? Yeah. Oh, my God. And I actually do want to say stuff about that because, you know, Thor's my guy. But okay. we're talking about Hawkeye. Yeah. 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 What did you guys think of that arc and everything? Because I thought that was awesome. I oh, thought it was great. I thought it was beautiful. awesome to begin the movie with his family and Linda Cardellini, who, yeah. you know, is Bay. Um, <laughs> and then seeing him, he's got the tattoos. Oh, yeah. He's got the shaved head. Yeah. Like, Mohawk eye. Yeah, that, <laughs> Mohawk was, eye. that was awesome. So like, when I saw I saw it with Cameron, by the way, who is my girlfriend, yes. I should have probably brought that up earlier she had a big issue with that that she did and I, she, it made me mad and it made she me went, angry michael kind of went off on twitter um <laughs> she really thought that that transition was way too drastic for hawkeye's character and so i dug a little deeper and i said okay well officially he's not hawkeye he's ronin it's an alter ego and i felt that i mm. understood how he transitioned from hawkeye the dad mm. To Ronan the Vigilante. Like, Look, I mean... No, they haven't said that it's Ronan, but we all kind of know it's Ronan. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Ronan. I mean, they've... I mean, yeah, it's... It's they it, actually, it, it's Ronan. Yeah. Look, what was Hawkeye's job? Kill people. Yes. He's literally been, a, like, a person whose job was involved... for S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, he yeah. was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Undoubtedly, he's killed people before. Um, It's not that big of a transformation no. yeah. for him to kill more people in worse yeah. ways. Yes. And I... I yeah, exactly. Yeah, putting yeah, putting it in layman's terms, that make yeah, absolutely. I think that when it comes down to Hawkeye, though, uh, in addition to that, obviously that is in him. When you work for Shield, you are not soft. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I one thing that Cameron had mentioned, and you know, obviously she's she's rescinded some of her statements, so I can no longer be mad. But the idea that you love loving your family doesn't make you soft. You know, and so people have this misconception because Hawkeye doesn't technically have powers and he left the Avengers to go take care of his family. People have this misconception that he's soft. Nah, when you work for S.H.I.E.L.D., you cannot be soft. So the idea that you took away the one thing that this man left everything for, he left everything for his family. He left his job. He left what is arguably a higher purpose to serve the rest of the world to to protect his family. And you took that away from him. Yeah. This man is going to go off and start killing Yakuza members. This is what's going to happen. I think extremely awesome. Oh, it was so good. Oh, that was so wrong. So good. And like, so I think I I talked with Michael about this. I said, what did they, what have, what did uh, Marvel do in multiple movies? They, they forced the image that he has a family onto us. Yes. Like they showed it multiple times. They were like, look, Hawkeye has a family. He's a dad. He loves his family. Multiple times. And He's I think a family man. I think they were really trying to ground him more so than the other like Avengers. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of them are like, you know, save the world. There are some costs involved. He's like, no, I've got to do what I've got to do. And mm-hmm. I think what they're kind of showing there is like he might be a little more selfish than some of the others and he's like I'm you know I if if what I have to do with you guys is going to jeopardize my my family and me protecting them I'm not going to have anything to do with you yeah. and so I could definitely see how witnessing the the dusting of his family uh, <laughs> could kind of just drive him to just you know go off and go he off. and he was ready to make sacrifices he yeah. wanted to die for the soul stone like oh, he's, yeah. he was he was that never was a great soft scene. that was uh, a great scene that was a yeah. great scene 
before because I kind of feel like we should talk about that scene alongside talking about Black Widow, yeah. but I want to talk about Thor first. So yes. So this is also. Can we take bathroom breaks during this podcast? Yes, absolutely. Oh, you okay, have to go. then I'm I'll discuss to go because this. Thor is my guy. So I'll go, go off on Thor. That. It'll yeah. be a while. <laughs> so, um, as Duncan goes, use the restroom. Um, Thor as a character for me is one of the greatest creations in the MCU for a lot of reasons, and I think that a lot of that has to do with uh, the progression of that character. If you look at Thor 1, Thor is not the same way as he is in Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. He's almost exactly as he's written in the comics. You know, in the comics, Thor is not clever at all or compassionate. He's oafish. He's a little... he's, he's He's brutish. You know, he's arrogant. And... What they did so well was that they took that, that, those, those traits and established them firmly and then had him progress as a character, yeah. but never let him truly escape those early traits because, look, those traits are exactly what caused Thanos to snap, you know, figuratively and literally. Um, the, the idea that Thor had the opportunity to go for the head but felt the need to look Thanos in the eyes as he ex- exclaimed that he was the one to kill him, you know, brings that back. And for the first time, Thor is completely and totally aware of the, uh, of that it was his fault, that mm-hmm. it was those traits that caused him to do that. And, you know, so Thor kills Thanos, and now he is completely and totally aware, whether he admits it or not, that no, that he basically cut off his only chance to bring everybody back. He killed Thanos. There are no stones. So what is Thor going to do? Yes, it makes complete sense that Thor is going to become a recluse and an alcoholic. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Liked, I liked it. I thought it was, like, you see it, and it's very, like, you, I didn't expect it, obviously. I didn't expect, like, that's what they would go right, with. Right, right. But I'm back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Duncan's like, back, guys. You, you're like, okay, we're time, I'm coming to meet Thor. And then you see him, and you're like, huh. But then you understand. Like, it makes sense. And yeah, you, I yeah. loved it. Oh, yeah. And I actually really liked the scene. I mean, I, I mean, what I have to say, actually, I loved the scene on New Asgard. I think a lot of people did. Because there were there was just this one great acting moments from Chris Hemsworth. Because, yeah. He did a good job in this yeah. movie. Because that's not a, that is not a, an easy character. When you get into a zone, I can imagine, I'm not an actor, but when you get into a zone and you get used to playing a character, I can imagine that it can get kind of difficult to switch mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. And he did an amazing job of switching it up. It mm-hmm. was truly, truly awesome. I think that Thor was incredibly well done. And obviously you and I, are, we're all going to discuss the, the, the epic moments, there's really no need to discuss that now, but I truly believe that the Thor progression was one of my favorite parts about the film. Mm-hmm. As much as I love yeah. seeing Hemsworth and Thor kicking ass and taking names and looking all looking like a, a, a Norse god, it was excellent to see how human he was. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, everyone, like, you kind of expect, like, something has to happen in the movie to kind of snap him out of it, mm-hmm. right? To, like, get him back into, like, the fighting Thor. Yeah. And I thought there were a lot of ways they could have done it, and I could have hated it. Like, they brought in Natalie Portman again. She <laughs> came back. I was like, if she's the one who snaps him out, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? Well, Just because... You're biased, like, Duncan. You love Natalie Portman. I know, I know. I <laughs> like, love, no, I Natalie, Natalie Portman's Portman. amazing. We but, all like, do, yeah. I love her the more than Linda Carter. The progression of Thor, like, me. he had moved past her. Like, that was, that was, that was 
you know, that was over. If she and him, like, if that relationship was what snapped him out of it, I would have been pissed. But the fact that it was yeah. his mom loved it. Right. Yeah, loved that it. was good. That, that was, was good. good. He that got, was good. He got the hammer back. He's worthy. Loved it. I thought that was a great way to, like, snap him out of it. And I like that he kind of remained still a bit, like, weird throughout yeah. the rest of the movie. Like, he's not, like, not like he's immediately out of it. He snaps back. He's, like, super buff and muscular and all that. Yeah. He still has his, like... You know. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, it, it, it was a very natural progression. Yeah. It's not like they were gonna make this man go Super Saiyan. Yeah, and right. like cut off like twenty percent body fat. And yeah, just, no, like, I liked I liked how he progressed from like Infinity War Thor to Endgame Thor, and then back to like I'm a functional man again. Yeah. I liked how they did that. Yeah, and what about what about you? Because you were in the bathroom. <laughs> I. I remember sitting in the theater with you. My mind was blown when when they showed Thor and he was fat and all this, and everyone our audience was gasping. Remember? Yeah. Like well, because well, Thor's the one we re- we rely on to bring the superhero bod to the to the movie. Yeah, we rely on right. Thor to do that. It was crazy. I I agree. I think that that made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I love the way that he played that scene. Again, I feel like maybe there was too much joking around. Like, I could have done without... Like, the fact that Korg's playing Fortnite, that's funny as hell. You <laughs> yeah. don't need to have more of, like, Thor yelling at some guy. Like, that's a bit much for it, me. It was gratuitous. Oh, as much as I love the Noob Slayer 69, like, little scene, it, it wasn't necessary. It's not necessary. It was a bit much for me. Yeah. But it's like, okay, he goes back to his home. He gets to see his mom again. As much as I love Natalie Portman... I did not need to see her more than we saw her in this movie. Yeah. Because, like, they had never really done a good job with her character anyway. No. So I was I was very worried. But we don't even see how Rocket gets the yeah. stone. Yeah. Like, that was fine. Him with his mom was really good. I felt like it set him up for whatever he's going to do in the future. Like, that, that got him to that point. Yeah, and, well, it showed also that his... That the damage that had been done to Thor was emotional. And as much as he didn't right. admit that, mm-hmm. it, the fact that the the cure, so to speak, to that condition that he was in was emotional, makes it, it lends, itself to, lends itself to how he was. It lends himself to how he got there. Right. Yeah. I will say, him taking the hammer, I also thought was a little gratuitous because you know what happened the second he got the hammer? My first thought was Captain America is going to use the hammer, <laughs> not him. They're finally going to give us that scene yeah. because he already has Stormbreaker. He doesn't need either of them. He's the God of Thunder. Like yeah. he doesn't need that. He's not the God of Hammers. So it's like I also had a thought later after the second time I saw it. Okay, that's the same day that Malekith attacked, right? Yeah. So is the Thor in that world just going to get hoed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a I have a lot to talk about with like right. the paradox <laughs> stuff in this okay, movie. Okay, hold on. Because he doesn't have his hammer. That's right. I, I understand that if you change something in the past, you start a new timeline. Fine. You get rid of paradoxes that way. Sort of. But then I'll save that for my for a later scene yeah. where this became an issue. There was really only one scene where I thought the time travel stuff failed. And it wasn't yeah. that scene. I thought of that as like a humorous moment. Yeah. Like, okay, in that new reality you just created your counterpart gets waxed. Yeah. yeah. Most likely. Oh, yeah. And you could claim, like, didn't uh, Captain America take the hammer back with him when he, at the end, when he was returning the stones? He did. So maybe so he returned he, Maybe he it. returned the hammer, 
Again, it's a there's a lot of interpretation in this movie. Like there's a lot of elements of the there's movie. There's time travel, so it's yeah. like so they literally. Marvel I just the, did that thing where they could just do whatever they want. Right. It was just the fact that it was like he stuck his hand out. I was thinking the way his character progressed, Thor Ragnarok was all about him learning that he didn't need the hammer. Yeah. So to, for him to get it back, it was just kind of like, wait, why do you even need it? But why it kind of goes back to what you were saying that like, even though he's less arrogant now, he still has those he still traits. Is. And yeah, so exactly. he's like, of course he would be like, Am I still worthy? And like get it? And he's like, of course I am. Yeah, and just then, to test it. Like yeah. so, like, and I think you could look at it from that perspective. Also, right, like, right. they definitely had to set up Captain uh, Captain America using the hammer. Which, I'm being like, nitpicky with yeah. this one, but yeah. it was something I thought about, so I'm yeah. saying it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's not like there. One, one thing that I, one thing that I guess I wanted to say with when it comes down to this movie is that even though there are certain things I would have done differently narratively if they had done different things. If they had done those things that I wanted them to do, we would have been robbed of some really great scenes. You know, that's kind of how, right. I, how I look at it. Like, um, and I guess while we're talking about characters, uh, we could definitely be discussing some of the, some of the excellent, some, there are some of the excellent character moments, some things that mm-hmm. we maybe wish could have happened. I think that one scene that needs discussing is... Um, is Hawkeye and Black Widow. Okay, I want to say a couple things about Black Widow real quick. I mm-hmm. feel like Scarlett Johansson might have given the best performance out of everyone in the movie. Really? For me, for me. No, I mean, like, I, I'm not I, disagreeing. I loved the way she played that character. It was, it's. I mean, I'm not saying acting is easy, but it's like Thor, Chris Hemsworth has been just in his, in stride yeah. as this kind of funny Thor so to continue doing that seems kind of par for the course. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to kind of go along, but the way that Scarlett Johansson plays Black Widow, it's very subtle, but I like it a lot. Her no. facial expressions, oh, the yeah. hair detail, all of that stuff worked a lot for me. Also, mm-hmm. that was her best hairstyle. The, the red, the, the, the red the blonde as, as like the blonde, As like the roots grew out right, sort of thing? Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I dug that. And I... Re- I felt bad because, of course, we're about to talk about the scene where she dies. Yes. It's weird to me that, like, as I saw that, I thought, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Because she's she's given such a good performance right now. But then I thought, like, logically, this makes sense. Like, Hawkeye has a family to go back to. She mm-hmm. doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally get that decision. You had you said something to me in the parking lot as we were leaving the film about that scene. I want to hear your thoughts on Okay. I, I mean, do you remember what, what yeah, I'm I do. referring to? Okay. I do. Because, so, it, 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 it's shifted a little bit since I okay. saw it the second time, but it's n- pretty much the same. Um, I now come from a point of more understanding. So, I do believe that Hawkeye should have been the one to go. Uh, because For one, part of it's for selfish reasons. Uh, I really enjoyed Black Widow's performance, and having more of that would have been awesome. I don't necessarily, they don't do a great, the MCU unfortunately didn't do a great job for me of making Black Widow a particularly compelling character. Not to say that she isn't a compelling character on her own, but they haven't given uh, given us enough of her to warrant that. And it's not like they gave us much of Hawkeye either. However, it seemed like I would have had a bigger emotional reaction if the person that had more to lose went. Mm. Right. So when Hawkeye, if Hawkeye had died, I would have legitimately felt 
probably a lot stronger about the about that death scene because there was there we the whole point of Hawkeye hinged on that there's so much for him you know at risk and for for him to sacrifice himself would have like really created I think a beautiful moment knowing that there was a lot to lift uh knowing that there was a lot to lose but still sacrificing himself it's kind of like I say his way of it would be his way of giving back to that larger purpose that he served when he was working for S.H.I.E.L.D. that he left all those years ago. So that's what that would have satisfied for me. Black Widow dying, though, how it did give Hawkeye excellent closure. So I'm kind of like, you know, in the middle. I guess right. upon my first reaction and still thinking about it, I would have had a bitter, bigger emotional reaction had Hawkeye died. I think... Okay. I don't know for me, though. When you put it in those terms, I'm not sure. I felt like the fact... I felt I thought it was a little weird that, okay, uh, Nebula knows how the Soul Stone works. She knows that Thanos had to kill Gamora to get yeah. it. Did she warn them? <laughs> no, she did no, not. No, she did not. And I felt like that was almost too convenient for me because it's like yeah that is rough it's not like it would have changed somebody would have had to die mm-hmm. they did talk, there like, was a whole scene where they talked about the soul about each stone right yeah. there is like they that's talked that's about, key information yeah. right that is crucial information you can only get the stone if you die yeah like that seems the fact that it that wasn't even discussed as they walked up there and they saw red skull and all that i was just kind of sitting there thinking like like why why don't they know? Yeah, that's this true. seems that's like true. a strange plot element to me. And then they have this argument, and I think that they honestly both have a decent argument. Yeah. Like Hawkeye should be able to see his family again. But he st- he tr- in fairness, he does go for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he does try to be the yeah. one. She which just is why it ma- which is what makes him. it such a great scene. Oh, yeah. It was so great. If she if he just backed off and was like, "You know what? You're right. I've got something to live for. You don't. <laughs> Bye." I think that would have been uh trash. But the fact that they fought over it, I think mitigates it a little bit. Yeah. And I like I've always liked Black Widow. I loved her in Winter Soldier. Well, yes, of course. That I mean But again, you're right. They haven't done enough with her to warrant the sort of reaction that I think some people, I think they were going, they wanted a bigger reaction. Yeah. I think that they hinged a little bit too much. And I, well, I think the great thing about that scene was that it made the audience question. The audience was debating with themselves who should be the one to go. Cause we were all wondering that we were wondering, I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't wondering who's going to die. I was wondering who should be the one. Yeah. You know? And, and what about you, Alex? Like, um, I, I get both of your points. Um, I don't know. I haven't really thought much about like the nuances of the scene as mm. much. I I more I think it progressed how I thought it should have. Like to me, the progression of it made sense. I kind of like the the kind of like oh it's gonna be this person and then it's like oh nope it's this person. It kind of goes back and forth for a little bit. Uh, I think it was I think it was pa- I think the the scene was paced really well. I think it was as emotional as it should have been for mm-hmm. me, I think, uh, I don't know. I think it was well done. And I think to me, it makes logical sense, which is what yeah. I think was important for me when I watched it. Yeah, right. you're right. You're right. It, do, it does make it wasn't logical a, sense. By no means was it a bad scene. Again, yeah. if I had, again, if I had preferred, it's one of those things where, you know, 
if they had done what I had what, what wish they would do narratively, we would have been robbed of some great scenes. Right, but the thing is, it's not. You're right. You're right in that way of thinking, but mm-hmm. also we have to just know, like the way that it played out. I do not think for any of us had the same, the amount of emotional response they wanted us. Yeah, to yeah have. I agree. so in that way, it was. It wasn't Gamora's death. No, yeah. right. Like, see, that hit home. Yeah. Oh, my hard. Lord. Hard. Yeah. No, I get that. That makes sense. So, uh, well, in addition, we've got a lot of, there's a lot of moments that, that, ins- that were intended to inspire some emotional reactions. And, you know, some of which, you know, were effective. Some of which, you know, weren't. That's the whole thing. This whole movie was basically hinging on the idea that there was supposed to be a lot of emotional reaction. Right. And... I think that it is an appropriate time to discuss some of the endings of some of our characters. Right. So let's go ahead and discuss the big one, the big moment that pretty much the entire thing, Iron Man's death, Mm -hmm. the death of Tony Stark, the man that started it is the man that ended it. Thoughts. You want to go first? So in terms of, I'm kind of going backwards a little bit. I think, what they did with Tony Stark's character was really good. Oh, Tony Stark is one of the best characters. I think he probably is the best developed character. In terms oh. of how he's changed, I think it, again, like Thor, it's been, he's changed a lot mm-hmm. in good ways. I think, or lot in logical ways. I think, um, like, in Infinity War, we get the scene with him and Pepper in the park, and he's like, I had the dream about a kid and all this. Like, you know, let's have a kid. And then, like, now he has the kid, and Cute kid too. Yeah. Re- yeah. And <laughs> it's completely changed him. And I think like that makes sense. That like, makes I think, complete sense. Yeah. I think you know similar with Hawkeye, like him having kids changes who he is and makes him act in ways that some people are like, why would you do this? But it's like if you know, I mean, I'm not a parent, <laughs> but like it makes sense. And I think Tony Stark really like you. You got to see that dilemma and. He fought with it, and he included Pepper with it, and all of it, I think it was really well done. I think it was great. Um, and I think it just all it, it, it just added to the weight of his death. And so yeah. it was just, I think it was really well done. So um, I agree. The death was effective in what it attempted to yeah. accomplish. Now, now Duncan, you you had a, a smile. You got that little smirk on your face, that smile, so that, which means Duncan's about to say a thing. Okay. Okay. So I totally like I get it that he died, but I didn't because remember the first Tony Stark we ever met was a jackass. Oh, yeah. Tony Stark was a massive. He jackass. He was a massive <laughs> jackass, and I liked it, and that changed. And then we got to the Avengers, the first one, and he sacrificed everything to save the city. Yeah. But he didn't die. He sacrificed everything, yeah. though. That's already happened. That's already been his arc. So for it to happen again, yeah. for the, it's like they wanted to end. I felt like that was less of a him being the one to snap his fingers and die, I think was less a decision of this makes sense and this will be the best narrative tool and more of for i mean for his character and it was more of he started the mcu he needs to finish it but i I don't think that's true exactly i i completely agree that's one thing now i i always when leading up to it i always said it's very likely that tony stark will die 
but I don't think he should be the one to die. And for that reason, exactly. If you look at it from the perspective that, that Tony Stark started it, he should be the one to end it. It makes sense. Complete, make, it completely makes sense, you know, from that perspective. But when you look at it from that perspective, you forget a lot of things. There's 11 years in between these yeah. movies of no, Tony Stark. Sense. So the idea that Tony Stark's character to me has always been about action and unintended consequence. When you look at that conversation between Tony Stark and Captain America, and they say, you would never be the man to lay yourself down on the wire to let the other man cross. And Tony Stark says, why don't you just cut the wire? Yeah, makes sense. I, uh, you know, that, 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 that's definitely indicative of a, of a pre-Avengers Tony Stark thing. But he's already progressed beyond that. He sacrificed himself fully intending to die by going into that portal, and then he didn't. He survived. And then Tony Stark created Ultron, you know? And again, creating Ultron was not a selfish endeavor. Creating Ultron was his way of trying to put a, like a suit of armor around the world. Right. You know, Tony Stark has been the, has been the advocate for protecting the world against Thanos. It kind of doesn't make com complete sense to me that the person that, that has been constantly attempting to defend the Earth from Thanos should be the one to be, be, be essentially punished by dying at the right. very end of the franchise. Well, it's also, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, unless you were have done. at it. It's just, it's like, okay, he's the one who is, he feels the consequences of his actions more deeply than everyone else yeah. probably put together. It's like he had the daughter. It was like, they tied him in with this thing that should make him want to live. And the only thing is he's on a battlefield full of people who could survive the snap. Yeah. You're like, look, I don't like Captain Marvel. I didn't think she was good in this movie. I think she has zero chemistry with any of the other actors. In the she MCU. annoyed me in this film. She was not good in this movie. She was decent in her own movie, but she is powerful. She could have survived the snap. Mm hmm. Thor probably could have survived Thor, the snap. I he can tank like a whole star, so I would say he can take the snap. Yeah. But it's like in that instant moment, he was just like, yeah, it's got to be me because Doctor Strange saw all the futures and he saw me die, which I don't think that element made sense either. Like your plan <laughs> was to let him win and then have <laughs> Tony bring everyone back or have Hulk bring everyone back and then have Tony die instead of just kicking Thanos' ass <laughs> right then and there. Like, once... I'm getting off on to talking about Doctor Strange, but it's like, I just felt like that was not a reasonable decision. That was just, they wanted him to be the one to end it. And the reek, he says, I am Iron Man. He goes back to the first movie's line. I didn't need that. No, I still think he should have died, though. Spoiler alert to my own thoughts. I totally think that he should have died fighting Thanos. I just think that the fact that they built him up to be the one to make the snap was unreasonable. I, you know, and again, I kind of disagree because to an extent, I really enjoyed the death scene. No, it yeah. was, it looked yeah. good. It looked good. Well, like, yeah. And I, I, even watching it the second time, I felt the first time I had a hard time, you know, everybody kind of was saying, oh, I, I cried, yada, yada, yada. I had a hard time emotionally reacting to anything the first time because it was hard. It was for, 11 o'clock at night. Well, yeah, it was, all, it was like 11 o'clock at night. I was very tired. But at the same time, it was like I wasn't quite sure 
that everything that was happening was actually happening until the movie ended. Right. Like, I wasn't going to complete, be completely sold that Tony Stark died until the funeral scene. I was like, oh, shit, this guy's mm -hmm. dead. So it was difficult. Now, the second time, I had a real emotional reaction to that death, and I thought it was really great. And part of it may have been that I was seeing it with my dad, who saw the first Iron Man with me at right. that exact same theater. So may have been it. I was like, oh, man, we're not getting any more Iron Man movies. But... Um, so to me, how I justified that he was the one to snap. Now, the one-liner doesn't really fit into this justification because, like... It's I like the one-liner. I thought it was cool. I thought it was... I thought it was no, a, I, I mean, was... if you're about to do something on a cosmic scale and you don't have a one-liner prepared, yeah. you are not... I have a one-liner so, prepared. Good. <laughs> um, to me, like, it, I see... Like, I understand your argument that it was more or less, like, he was the one to do it because it was a choice to make, like, this was supposed to be his culmination. But also in terms of, like, the the big fight itself, like, it was almost as if it was, like... Because, you know, first of all, I was a little confused about how he got the stones from well, Thanos. After watching I, it the second time, I was watching that scene pretty closely. Yeah. And so it, I don't think it made sense the second time. I, it it happened so <laughs> quick. And so, because, like, they, you know, the stones are, like, you know, pretty built up. They're, I mean, yeah, they're in there. They're you like, saw they're, that man you know, have the little like wisp, and they like snap in. Yeah. So like to me, I'm like, I'm like, nanobots. They're, I thought maybe it was some nano thing in his. Body. I mean, it has to be because they like all moved around. No, they're made out of magnetics. But like, <laughs> right? Like he like literally like rubbed his arm against the Infinity Gauntlet, and like they came off. Like it was like I was like, how did you get them? But anyway, like I guess like to a degree, I have to suspend disbelief. You know? Yeah. Well, I was fine with. Yeah. How he got them on his hand. So then, to me, I was like, as soon as like he he had this move planned out, he had him, and like in the in the flow of the fight, he's like, I've just got to do it, like, and so to me, Makes I think, yeah. I think like almost to justify like he was the one to do it was that there was no time to get it to anyone else, like, cause like I mean another, and we'll talk, I'll talk more about when we're talking about characters that we thought were really good, like I'm going to talk about Thanos a lot because I'm a big <laughs> fan. Right. Um, I think, I think to me it makes sense. I agree with like a lot of other things. Like, I don't know if he had to die. It just looks like he, if you look at it from the MCU, from the entire franchise's perspective, it just looks like Tony Stark took a lot of L's and then died. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. No, I get what you're saying. It's like he had the plan, but also he had the stones and he can fly. So why not fly it over to Captain Marvel yeah. or anyone else who could take it? Like That's true. He had a battle though. He had a battle, you know. He had a battle. No, no, I'm I'm not trying to critique his like ability to stay cool under pressure in a massive intergalactic battle. I'm just saying that the fact that it happened like that did not make me think reasonable character moment. It made me think this is what the studio wanted to happen yeah that's fair this was an audience moment this wasn't a character right moment. that was an that was for the audience and it was cool i really liked his funeral oh, um the yeah. i i will so I, i'll just admit this now so like when i saw it with georgie i didn't feel like the, didn't cry yeah. didn't cry there was no when i saw it the second time maybe because it was the early morning or not the early morning but the uh, midday you're more emotionally i adept. was i was ready my mind was awake there were two moments where I teared up a little bit. Two moments. The funeral scene when I saw 
the, 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 the her original the arc proof that Tony, Tony Stark, Stark has, has a arc, heart. I love the that. arc reactor. Yeah, the arc uh, reactor, and the moment when Captain America said a symbol, and everyone oh, rushed yeah. out. I was because like, yeah. that was the cool. I think that oh, was yeah, the best I, moment. Probably in the whole MCU, the like that was awesome. Just, uh, but. General blanket statement: This fight scene was amazing. Okay, right. yeah, we can spin this in a more positive direction because Jesus Christ, that yes. fight scene! That fight, oh my was amazing. lord! Thanos's double-edged sword yes. was Beautiful. so cool. Darth Maul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think another thing that they did so well was they had a great balance between highlighting individuals mm-hmm. and yep. showing that yep. other things happen when they're not on camera. Like if you, I like kind of sometimes when like, I kind of expected like, Oh, you know, they're focusing on Captain Marvel. Now I was like, I looked in the background and you can see like, there was a specific moment where I saw one of like, cause there was a lot of sorcerer Supreme mm. or, you know, there was a lot of sorcerers there. Yeah. And so there was one moment where they had one of those orange teleport circles around one of the flying, like weird alien ships and uh-huh. either they were going to like cut it in half or just teleporting out of the battle. I was like, that's exactly what they would do. Like, right. You don't have to individually show that just because they're on the screen and they're being highlighted by the camera means that they're going to make a smart decision. Like I love the fight scene. There's a lot of parts of it. First of all, like I'm going to talk about when Ant-Man got big and punched the thing in the face. Yeah. I was cause Ant-Man, Ant-Man MVP of one of the MVPs. Of he this needed yeah. his due. Because those fir- those Ant Man movies <laughs> didn't give him his due at all. Duncan, Duncan and I have had many a debate on this. Yeah, um, I thought the first one was, eh, and I thought the second one was a no go. The second one was awesome. No, I did not like you the guys. Second one. You guys are just clowns. You guys liked Captain Marvel but didn't like Ant Man. Well, I, ca- I, I thought, thought Captain Marvel, Marvel was mediocre. I thought the second Ant Man had too many like ant labor moments. <laughs> what? There was so much ant. Labor. There was so much <laughs> ant. This this podcast is already long so as hell. We got focus. We're only Scott, we're only about an hour and I five minutes in. Oh okay. Yeah, I thought it was been like Scott way Lang was a highlight of the movie for the he was best amazing. He was cool. I think they highlight like I get like. He's not like a genius, so he's. I, if he would have like solved the problem, that I would have been, been really weird. upset. Been but the terrible. fact that he's like, "Hey, listen to me, I make sense." Like, I I thought that was a great progression. I also liked that. Like, I just love that he got big and <laughs> punched a flying alien that, in the face. That was awesome. Like the Chitari. Like that's what that's what we waited an entire movie for Hulk to do in Avengers. Yeah. And Ant Man got to do that, I know, which is I know. cool. I will say, like one of my favorite moments of the battle was like right before it began. And of course, this surprises none of you. Um, when, uh, when, um, what, 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 did, what did Captain America like? What did, they, were, they were looking at Thanos. He was just sitting down there with his like. With yeah, his, he was just you know, waiting for him. Yeah, and they were just like, you know, what's he doing? Yeah, like, nothing. He's Absolutely just nothing. standing and there. I, and then Iron Man's like, well, I, I don't much care. And then Thor goes, me neither. And then summons the like Odin force. And his beard gets all braided. Oh, and yeah. his eyes yeah. like, oh, my Lord. And when this man just comes after it, I mean, Barbarian Thor had some great moments. I like the double fisting of Mjolnir and Stormbreaker. Right. Just because, I mean, again, it would have sucked if it hinged upon those moments. But it didn't, because obviously eventually Cap got Mjolnir, which, again, as predictable as it may have been, it was still cool. It was, still it was freaking awesome. Cool. Yeah, of course yeah. it was awesome. And what I think is really cool about it um, was... There was a moment, I already told you about this. There was the moment he had both Mjolnir and Stormbreaker brought me back to the days when I saw Attack of the Clones in theaters and Anakin Skywalker had two lightsabers. And I was like, yeah! No, it was completely awesome. The fight scene was great. And 
I like that they focused on like the little bits on each individual character. There was that great 15 second uh, like mo- moment that uh, Black Panther had when he was yeah, running with yeah. the gauntlet. That was so freaking sick. Black Panther yeah. was cooler in those 15 minutes that I feel like he was in a lot of Black Panther. Like Right. Or 15 was, seconds, yeah. There was a lot of really cool moments in the fight. Like I think the fight was perfect minus one. Hold on. Underrated moment, Thanos breaking Captain America's shield. Yo, oh, my I God. I thought that was awesome. Like That was a desperate moment. We'll go back to that. I do... You and I... Are Doctor Strange fans? Oh yeah, and well, I we felt all are. bad that he didn't do more in the fight. Like he's yeah. so powerful, yeah. and he was just like playing with, with the bathtub. <laughs> he's just like splashing around the bathtub for a little while. Like I felt like he could have been more involved because they showed like, they showed how powerful he was in I Infinity know. War. Because he like held his own against Thanos, and he went all like you know like crazy, yeah. you know multi body shadow clone jutsu <laughs> right. all up in this. And like I I love. Doctor Strange. Yeah. He's my favorite. Yeah, he's Alex's favorite. And I didn't know that. It's just like I wish he would have done more. But the fight was so amazing. I wasn't. I wasn't sitting there like this is cool. But where's Doctor Strange? I was like, oh my god. Yeah, but then this you is... think about it later. It was later on yeah. when I thought about. It. I thought, man, he could, he could have done more of that. There there was that moment though when uh, uh I thought that actually the moment uh. When I watched it the second time, yeah, no, Captain Marvel's like, again, the dialogue with Captain Marvel is just always tricky. And I don't think it's because, and I want to say it has nothing to do with Brie Larson because I've seen her in other stuff and she's good. She has chemistry with other actors. It's I not, know, just no one in this movie. Just no one in this movie. Oh my God, that line. Like, I think you've got something for me when she was talking to Peter Parker. Uh, I cringed very hard. I know. I was like, oh, no, none of that. She's so annoying. <laughs> but, but I will say the moment when Thanos headbutts her and she does nothing, I was like, oh, okay. That's that was cool. cool. That, that was, was cool. cool. Like, but I, I was a little worried. blowing that... up the ship was cool. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, she had some great moments. It's not to say, again, Cap- it's, I'm not uh, at all meaning saying that like Captain Marvel doesn't have potential. They could, mm-hmm. depending on what they do with the character, they're, they, again, I didn't think Ant-Man had potential, you know? And then they give us this, and I thought it was awesome. Right. I think that Captain Marvel's got potential. It's, again, it's a little tricky to introduce her in a movie where she's only had one mediocre movie yeah. to like... To, I think to, it's also hard because she's just so overpowered. Yeah, oh, like, she's OP. You know, like, and again, like we're not going to talk about Captain Marvel and her quick progression yeah. into her power. I discussed that in the last episode. Yeah, we're not. We'll, we'll, but um, like she's went full strength. Like there's not much that she, like contends with her. Yeah, she's just you know there and mm-hmm. like she runs through a ship and the ship explodes and you know you're like that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that was raw. And so kind of going back, one of the characters who I spanning over Infinity War and Endgame who I loved. Was Thanos the characterization oh, of Thanos, Thanos as a was villain? The, we, we can't not discuss first, Thanos. First of all, Josh Brolin, credit to his performance. It was amazing. Right, right. Josh was. Brolin is a is a unit. That it's man has amazing. always been good. Mm-hmm. It's just like in Infinity War, they did so well to really quickly. I mean, it was only in like you know part of one movie to characterize how just brutal and intent he was. Like mm-hmm. it's like. I have my idea and my idea is the only one that's going to work and I'm going to do everything I can to achieve it. And if you're in the way, you're dead. There's like, there's no flexibility. Good summary. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like it kind of, that kind of idea like kind of culminated with him killing Gamora and like 
a lot of people are like, you know, that's not love. That's not what love means. But like also the definition of love to him is different than the definition of love to us. Yes. The I mean, is a completely pro- different animal. To me, he uses love as another means to an end, you know? Mm-hmm. And oh, it's just like, yeah. and I think in Infinity War, we see how strong he is, but I think what we really see in Endgame is not only how intelligent he is to figure out what's going on with Nebula and like how to use it for his advantage, but we see how strong he is without the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Yes. Like, I think... Uh, that's that's one thing I loved because like you know and he wrecked he wrecked in Infinity War because he just you know he just he, he just decimated he Hulk just dusted yeah. you know like he's just like out of my way but here like people got in some good shots but he still is like ridiculously strong if your final villain of your franchise cannot fight almost everybody at once convincingly they're not a good final villain you know what I mean no. like. Madara needed to be able to fight everyone at once exactly. to be a convincing villain. Mm-hmm. And I love, because I know some people were saying, I don't know if you guys saw this on your social media, but I saw people saying like, oh, Thanos was too strong. Like he didn't have the gauntlet in this movie. I was thinking he's still like an intergalactic tyrant warlord. Yeah, yeah. Who he didn't have the gauntlet up. when he was getting all the other Infinity Stones. Yeah. And he <laughs> like, wrecked everybody. He got the power so. stone by wrecking Xandar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I really loved him in this movie. I thought that the fact that he changed his plan from what I was you calling in our group chat the fifty percent plan <laughs> to the hundred percent plan, I was with Geico. You I was definitely a big fan of I, that I change. I thought it made sense for him. I thought, what a willingness to adapt. <laughs> That's I a good it was team a player. Little, I maybe found it a little less compelling than his reason because it's like in a vacuum. His reasoning for the fifty percent plan, I think, is better than the reasoning for the hundred percent one. Yeah. But when you watch the movie and you see how he gets there, it's like it's so it's cool. So well. It's so awesome. It's so well like, well, done. It just, this makes sense. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, of course I'm gonna do this. Like, like, it's your fault. You're the one who proved that I needed to do this. Yeah. I think it almost like I get like it doesn't directly, but it kind of plays into when Loki is dying and he's like, "You'll never be a god." Um, and now he's like, well, I'm just going to dust everything and I'm going to be a god now. Yeah, you're like, right. Full circle. Like, I thought it was just really well done. I think it shows, I think he has a lot of depth as a villain. Right, he and does. I think that's oh not, my god, that's well, not always did a done thing. in kind of superhero movies. Like, a lot of the times you it's see It's almost villain, never done. And it's just like, you know, I don't Successfully. Know. Yeah, and I think he was just so good. Because, like, I think a lot of people are just going to, like, be like, oh, Thanos is the villain. Like, I oh, get him. But, like... I, they did so well because he did deserve a lot of buildup because if he is going to be the villain that's culminating 22 movies and 11 years, it can't just be like he shows up and we got to fight him. It's got to be deserved. Now, brief question. Did any of you guys also feel like you were watching Shrek? In the first, what? in the first couple moments, when Thanos was on his planet, oh, in the and he was wearing the, <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, he was seasoning his food. <laughs> he no, was no, no, like his, the bro, I, I cannot hate on, on his choice of outfit. I'm not hating on. I just felt like I was watching the opening scenes of Shrek. <laughs> That, I will not, say, that was not like Shrek at all. It looked just no, like Shrek. <laughs> I will say that. It was Shrek-esque. In reference, in reference to that opening scene, I really... I don't have an issue with it. No, I don't. <laughs> but speaking more to the plot and less about Shrek, another thing what? I liked was how... 
I liked the plot device that he used the stones to destroy the stones. Yeah. Because again, if he's if he thinks that he's done, why would he take any risk allowing anything to happen? Yeah, that made perfect sense. Yeah, to me. I thought that, it was. Yeah, I thought it was so good. They no, the Russos were not short on on like thinking this whole thing out. And mm-hmm. any short and any like and again, we're nitpicking a lot of this sort of stuff. I have a. I have a question. I have a question for you, Duncan. As somebody who's like who's in tune with like the comic thing, this is something I wanted to ask you for right. a while. Figure it'd be good. Yes, for I would have liked this movie more if the Thanos copter was in it. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I love the Thanos copter. No, no. The, <laughs> um, I was wondering, do you think that scene when they were in, when Captain America was in the elevator? Uh, with all like the quote unquote like you know Shieler FBI guys. Did I think that was a secret uh, uh, empire? No, I think no. Do you think that that was like a little nod to that little Steve Rogers uh, comic run that they did a couple years ago uh, when Steve Rogers was secretly a member of yeah secret Hydra? empire. Yeah, I totally yeah, yeah, thought it was that. I totally yeah. thought it was that. When yeah, like a little nod that, to like when he said Hail Hydra. I was like, oh, are they doing that? Yeah, <laughs> I thought of that. I was like. Is this like supposed to be a reference to Secret Empire? Like, I mean, it, the Russos are comic fans. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I mean, it's such. A, it was one line, so I don't know if it. it I think it's a I nod. I don't know if it wasn't a, a purposeful nod, but it definitely it's, made me think of that. It seems like it seems like a it seems like a, a logical Easter egg. It's mm-hmm. just like right. throwing just just like throwing Better Ray into uh, Ragnarok. Right, right. And I mean, as for me, I didn't I didn't yeah. get that obviously. Yeah. But for me, as the the lay person in this conversation, I liked it. I kind of I, I liked I thought it was kind of funny it was a kind of funny one liner. Um, no, the best yeah. acquisition of the stone for me um, was was Captain America and uh, Tony Stark when they were like when they went back to go get uh, to go get was it the Tesseract and mm-hmm. yeah. uh, back in 1970 and Helen from Rick and Josh was there. I, I couldn't <laughs> believe that. Mom, I was I was watching that scene. I was like, oh my god, who is that? And then I thought. That's Helen for drinking Josh. When she was looking for him, I'm like, I'm like she's looking for crazy Steve. <laughs> They're acting up in her movie theater lobby. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was absolutely awesome. Let me see real quick if there's anything else. We got to go into the couple things we don't like. Well, I think we kind of touched on we, that. I feel like we've Yeah, I have a couple. Okay, I yeah, have, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So in the fight scene... They have the kind of what I deem the women assem- women Avengers assemble yes, scene, yes. where they all come and they're yeah. like, "We would do it." I liked it. I thought it was forced. I like the idea. I think it was forced I too, think it but was, it was awesome. It was yeah. awesome. No, again, it was, culminated in a really nifty scene. It was a nifty right. scene, but I thought that idea, like, I get it. Like, a lot of these are like male characters, and there are a lot of strong female characters in these movies, and they should be highlighted. But it was a little forced. I will say it did gre- create some excellent moments for Okoye, who is awesome. I love she's Okoye. Cool. Oh, Okoye is awesome. Like her, her line when Scarlet Witch comes in and she's like, "Where the hell has this person been the whole time?" <laughs> like that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Okoye. I could have done with more Scarlet Witch because she is really cool. Scarlet Witch. Like she Elizabeth had. She Wilson. had a good. She had a good but couple shots in. She did. I loved when she fought. Like directly, just went up against Thanos. It was like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know who one. you are. But I don't know. I just wish I saw it even more. I know I'm being greedy. That that is a true nitpick because that's just yeah. a what I would want, not mm-hmm. what makes things yeah. better. And then my last thing, 
mm-hmm. is because they brought in time travel. Okay. And I understand that we have the conversation with the ancient one. She's like, well, it's not linear. It all branches. It all universes. There are so many, like, it's just like, I, I'm sorry, but like, I get that time travel's weird. But like, first of all, Nebula killing Nebula. And I get that it's like, it's a new thing going on. But like, those effects are completely glossed over. Yeah. Like, that is a hard, like, time travel is a hard science fiction thing. Like un- the concept to understand, especially when you have like characters killing themselves, and it mm-hmm. has like there's a lot of effects, and I get that they like they have their one size fits all like oh it's a new it's a new little the, an alternate the, universe. The, the best the, the the most the easiest way to handle time travel I think yeah you know, it are, was the most manageable. I, I think that they did strain it, and you're right. Nebula shooting her past self strained it a little bit for me. But honestly, there was only one scene that really strained it. For okay, me. okay. The last one. So Captain America went back in time. Oh, right? I can't I, believe we didn't discuss oh, this. We I, should discuss I thought this. we were building up to this. We should discuss we this. We should discuss this. He goes back in time, right? He stayed, mm-hmm. thus creating a new, a timeline, new timeline, right? How is he there? Did he, I mean, so, did he ask the shield of his time now that he's an old man, like, hey, I need to be somewhere at this moment? today that's in another the, universe can you send me like that's the overwhelming theory that i read about was that he he would have gone knowing that tony stark was the one who figured it out he would have gone to the tony stark of his new alternate timeline to get him back to finish out his loop in the original but timeline. see that's a theory i know that wasn't in the movie that's which why is not well it's like I have problems with that whole scene. Yes. I have problems with that whole scene. It's like, this is something my sister brought up. Shout out to Bridget. Shout out, shout out to Bridget. Thanks for listening, Bridget. I found it weird, and especially when she pointed out that he would, somebody who dedicated their entire life to being a superhero would just stop and just live a boring life. And especially, I mean, Peggy was a secret agent. Like, did they both become secret agents? Did they stay active? Or were they just little old people who liked to go to, like, armature works and drink craft beer? Like, I, I don't... That was weird to me that he stayed like that. Yeah. When, especially because it's like the world could have used him in the future. Did, like, did Captain America just murk his own timeline? Like, did he really just decide not to care? Like, and then... He shows back up, however it is that however that comes up. However uh, yeah, he comes back. Yeah, logistics aside, he shows back logistics up. Logistics aside, he shows back up. And he gives the shield. He, like, we, I think we both talked about this. You might have changed your opinion. I don't think he needed to give anyone a shield. Nobody no. needed a shield. There doesn't need to be no, another Captain America. There, but yeah. if he was going to give someone the shield, I personally, and I know, I feel like you disagree. I do disagree with this. I feel like giving it to the person he's known his entire life who's literally struggled for movie upon movie to regain a sense of humanity and identity, giving Bucky Bucky the shield shield? to me would have made more sense. Bucky's worked hard to become himself again, and this is his chance to prove himself and to come back into his own if he was Captain America. So the idea behind this is that I think that there... When it comes down to it, people always are asked, this this is when this question comes up. People always ask, who's going to be the new Captain America? Who's going to be the new new Iron Man? There doesn't need to be a new 
blankety blank. Right. There needs to be a new person fulfilling that role. Iron Man is not a role. You need somebody who fulfills the role of Tony Stark and fulfills the role. You don't need a, a person with the same powers. You I already... think that's where Far From Home comes in because they literally said, they're like, someone, you know, who are you the new Iron Man? He's like, no. Or like, yeah. they said some things, but like, yeah. that, that movie's really showing. And I think... That doesn't make yeah. Peter Parker the new Tony Stark. That makes him the new quote unquote, even though they have an Iron Man, they have War Machine. Right. But... So and Pepper now. Yeah. So with so with that idea, I think that one, nobody needed to get the shield. The idea that a Captain Success. No, I agree. Yeah, with no, that. yeah, with that. But I also don't think that Bucky should be the one to get the shield if that was a thing. Because one, Bucky to me is like, yeah, you're right. He's trying to regain his humanity and things like that. But he hasn't regained but his he humanity. Has. How? He went to Wakanda. And he hung out, and he was living life. <laughs> he became a farmer. He became a farmer. He lived a normal life. He's not going crazy anymore. And then he fought in Infinity War and yeah. Endgame, and he was on the path. Yeah, he's on the path, right? But you right. know, you said the same thing about D- about the DC thing. Being on the path is doesn't make you good yet. You know, you still have a ratio of like I know of stuff. Being so- Captain America would definitely push him further along the path of being good <laughs> than just being a dude. Yeah. Well, the idea for me with Bucky is that Bucky's almost barely a character. He's a weapon because the, he's, he's only had sentience for like a few years. He's, um, Bucky is somebody that's difficult to categorize for me. And this is just me. It's that Bucky's loyalty is to the fight, but not necessarily to anyone. You know, we begin to see this now as he joins, uh, as he jumps in back into like, you know, as he jumps in with Infinity War. What's the very first thing he says? Where's the fight? Right. You know, Bucky is a, Bucky's a weapon. And so is Captain America. But the idea, if you're, if you're Captain America, you've got to be a leader. And Bucky doesn't have those leadership qualities for me yet. Mm -hmm. Now, But you think that Falcon does. No, I don't think that anybody (laughs) should have it. Uh, That's my thing. The, 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 there's a very simple answer for, for why they gave Falcon the, the shield. It's because, because that's who's Captain America in all new, all different Marvel? Yes, yeah, Cap, yes, yes, Captain America's Falcon and, there, and like has been for like a decade. Like he's been Captain... No, he hasn't. For a long time. There's been like eight different versions of Captain America Falcon. No, well, I mean, it was not too long ago in the comics that Bucky was Captain America. Yeah. Like, like this stuff changes hands. And also, let's not forget... That while Sam was Captain America, Steve was also Captain America. Yeah. That was not well handled on Marvel's no, yeah, there comic was, part. That was dumb. Yeah, there, that was yeah, extremely there was, dumb. There was comic lines when Captain America retired, and then I mean, this is what happened. I mean, this is—it's almost exactly what happened here. There was—I think the initial comic line was Captain America got old, retired, handed his shield off, and that's how that happened. But I then think he the, got young again. But then he got young again. It was dumb. So yeah, exactly. Mar- Marvel's comics can be. They're, they're everywhere. But, like, yeah, so that, that's what they're trying to fulfill. You know, they're just trying to, you know, make that sort of thing happen. But the idea is that we don't need a person to replace Captain America. We yeah. need a new captain. Conveniently, we have another captain in the MCU. Don't you dare. <laughs> I'm not don't saying that that's dare. what should happen. I'm just She's... saying that's what is going to happen. Mm. I don't I, I don't want that to happen. I don't, I I don't. hate every scene with her and the I other think characters. I think it won't. Because in this movie, they've also, what they've done a lot with Captain Marvel is forced the idea that, like, 
you guys have one planet, I have thousands. So I think that inherently will keep her from being a staple to the on, event. Fair on enough. Earth. Fair enough. I w- she said that. No, no, she I, said that multiple times, and even in Far From Home, he's like, "What about Captain Marvel?" Or no, I don't know if he says that. He does. Yeah, and she, he's like unavailable. Like, yeah. I think that's her thing. Is like she has a lot of other stuff to deal okay. with, so I don't think she'll ever be a staple on Earth. Right. So while we're making predictions, and you know how I hate fan theories, I do. We all. I, do. Yeah, I do too. So I don't want to make this as a prediction, but something I think would be a good idea. So Tony okay. Stark is dead. He right. has died. You know, we don't necessarily have anybody that fulfills that Tony Stark-esque role, which I do think is necessary. Disney just acquired Fox. What about Reed Richards? That would be no. awesome. No. Why not? That would be because awesome. Because the Fantastic Four are lame. And no, uh, hold, no, on, hold, no, on, no, hold on, hold no, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to, let me, let me. Yeah. Let me explain what I just said. That's let me old podcast. Oh, no. My God. Let me explain I'm what I just said. Pod- <laughs> the Fantastic Four are a product of a very different time in comic books. They are silly. They and, are silly, and, and but they're important. Their way, the method of making them serious in the way that they've made other characters who were silly serious for the MCU has not worked three times now for the Fantastic Four. They've had had three failed movies. You can't blame you can't blame what happened with that with like because like these are completely different directors with completely different visions. I know, but the point still stands that like people though, though I don't think those characters resonate with people the same way that some of the other characters do. But you got to change the characters. That's why people like Thor now. They wouldn't like Thor as he's red. Right, but it's like. Thor is easy to digest. He is a macho guy who can shoot lightning out of his hands. Reed Richards, lightning with he is Elastigirl, but with a penis. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, the Fantastic Four, out of all four of them, he's the hardest to get behind. Yeah, I would say I, his powers are the most outlandish. They're the silliest. Well, we're not asking for plastic, man. We're like... I, I know, it's just... I don't know if that's what's going to happen because I'm not necessarily convinced that Marvel needs to put in these the X-Men and all that. They already established there's no mutants, so I don't yeah. understand how they're going to work the X-Men in, and I don't want them to. I don't, I don't know. I the don't X-Men, want no, I the want X- them to stop making X-Men No, please, movies. God, just make the X-Men stop. That's all, it's been a long <laughs> it's been time. A long, we thought we, I watched Days of Futures Past yesterday. It, came, it came on FX, and I loved it. Then I realized what came after. No, hold on. I got one. Were one you la- done with your complaints? I'm done with my complaints, and then I have like two final like. Statements. Okay, fair I have enough. We'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it we'll up. We'll wrap All it right, up because I have a complaint, and then we can get on the final thoughts. This one is gonna sound so stupid when I say it. I felt like more people should have died. I agree. I agree. Be- okay. Okay. Then it's I not agree. stupid because to me there was a moment when they've they've kind of put Tony to rest, and Clint is talking to Scarlet Witch. And he says, he's talking about Black Widow, and he says, yeah. you know, I wish that she could know that we won. And Scarlet Witch assures him, like, they both do. Yeah. They both do. Because only two people died in this movie. Now, technically speaking, people like Loki and Heimdall and Gamora stayed dead, yes. which was a great decision. Please, that was a like, consequential please. death in the Marvel Universe has been very difficult. Exactly. Like, please let people stay dead. But the fact that 
all it took to defeat Thanos, the most powerful villain ever, was two people dying and probably some of the nameless goons on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. It just felt like the struggle wasn't enough. Like, as I was watching, I was like, okay, you beat him. And it was only marginally more costly than every other Marvel movie. Age of Ultron, we lost Quicksilver. Right. It's like you lost one in that, and you lost two in this one. Yeah. I agree. It just felt weird. Especially with how they based Thanos in two movies, and they built him up. I can be quoted like saying to people, I want to feel, I want a lot of characters that I love to die. Honestly, I would have been fine if... Because I don't think I said this when we were talking about Tony doing the snap. I think Captain America should have done Captain the snap. Captain America should have done I the think snap. that would have made yeah. more sense I agree. for his character. Entirely. I, like, I think he should have died in that moment. I also think Iron Man and Thor should have died. Because I think that definitely Iron Man, maybe Thor. I felt like Thor is a he had one. achieved... It, he's got to a point. He's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy I, now. Yeah, like, that's my like, final point. Okay... Whatever. It's funny, I guess. I like Thor. I know you do, but it's like... There's so many side... I hate to be cruel to the side characters, but there's so many of them. Like, you mean to tell me that all of them needed to make it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. No, we could have definitely lost a Guardian or two. We could have lost... I think... Rocket doesn't even know Mantis's name. Like, she could have (laughs) gone... No, and and no, Mantis would have been a good candidate. Right? (laughs) Do you want to hate me? I think Shuri would have been a good candidate too. I think anyone associated with T'Challa would well, have been a good candidate because that would have been something for him to build on in his next movie. Yeah, I, I actually do agree because I think that that would have been um, one, a lot of the side characters, and more so than in other movies, a lot of the side characters were really well do- developed in, in Black Panther. Yeah. And right. we would have, again, we would have. Felt that. We would have felt more. We would have felt more. The idea, the idea is not like who we want to die because we think they're lame or what. It's because who are we connected to? Who do we know the best? I mean, this is a this is a, a decade long endeavor. Yeah, right. And this is supposed to be the culminating point. And I agree. Only I want to freaking feel something. Two. I want I want Order sixty six. Feel something, man. Order yeah. sixty six. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. Like yeah. Order sixty six. As a kid. And even now, like one, that hits hard. That's a hard. One of the worst moments of my childhood. Exactly. <laughs> like, and that was the ch- point. Yeah. And it was, that's why it was so good. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure, he would have so, been a good candidate because we would have felt something. And another thing, like, they kept so many characters. Are they all going to be, like, are they all going to be in movies? Like, are they really going to use all these characters? Like, I, I mean, I mean, that's kind of conclu- going into my final thoughts. Guardians 3, we're going to get Thor. Yeah. Yes. Which I'm about. Yeah. I'm a, I'm about it. I was excited for Guardians 3, then I wasn't excited when James Gunn left. Oh, well. And now I'm excited project. again. Now, now I'm back. excited again. I'm intri- I'm not excited necessarily because Thor's there, but I'm interested. I'm intrigued well, about the dynamic. Well, James Gunn's great at group comedy and that's he exactly is. what and that's exactly what it would be with Thor. It's the, this is a perfect role. I think that this would be better. I want this more than I want a, another Thor movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I don't want another Thor. No, movie. we're good with Thor. I think Thor's we're good done with his Thor. thing. Yeah. I would almost like I don't know. I agree like a lot of more people could die, should maybe should have died. I think Another thing is, like, since this was supposed to be, like, the end of, like, all these phases, a lot, like, not a lot more, but some more people dying would have, like, allowed the it people felt who... felt more conclusive, yeah. felt more conclusive and allowed the people who remained to really shine. 
Like, right. okay, these are the people who survived. Now we go on their stories. Yeah. My final question is, is Loki dead? Is he actually yes. dead? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Please, God, just kill dead? Loki. Please just be <laughs> dead. Like, I'm so sick of Loki. He's, he's going to come back. Please, I mean, he's, he's God. Gonna, he's going to be in that show. Yeah, he's got his own but show. But lots of people have shows Sam, who are dead. Yeah, well, yeah, Black Widow's got her own movie. That's gonna I know. Be a, that's going to be a prequel. Um, I really just want to see. The thing is, I want a movie of the Black Widow from Endgame and Ronin. Just oh! killing everyone. Oh, my God. That would have so been so bad. sick. Missed opportunity. Exactly. So here we go. Let's let's decide. Let, let, let it be known that we all think that we're all just a little sick of Loki. Please, God, get rid of Loki. <laughs> yes, finally. Please. So oh. we need to give our official bearded and nerdy uh, a bearded and nerdy review. Now, uh, generally. Rating, we, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Our oh, ranking. Okay. Okay. Um, we generally uh, just each of us give different Alex since you. Yeah. You know, we just give off different things. So, what do you think? On out of ten, on a scale out of, of one 10, out of ten, I'd say like a seven point five or eight. Okay, I was gonna say eight out of ten. I was gonna get. I was gonna go eight point five. Okay, I think a good average is eight. Okay. Eight. So eight. the official I can, eight. Eight. Yeah. Eight out I of think ten. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Which <laughs> that puts it about the same level as Aquaman. <laughs> 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 Let it be known, Endgame is just as good as Aquaman. <laughs> Different so movies. What's, what's the next? What's the next Marvel movie? Like Far, Far from, from Home. Far from Home. Far yeah. from Home. Okay. Oh man, I'm stoked on that yeah, one. That one looks good. All you right, guys. All we need is for James Gunn to do exactly what he did with Volume Three of Guardians of the Galaxy, with what he did with his true classic Scooby Doo Two Monsters <laughs> God, Unleashed. Yes. <laughs> Monsters Unleashed was one of the greatest films of all time. Right. Oh my God! You're completely and totally right. That's where we will leave that. And it had Linda Cardellini in it. <laughs> you're right. As Velma Dinkley. Alrighty. Praise the be. Hottest Velma Dinkley ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So that's how we're gonna end off this podcast. This was certainly the lengthy one. Certainly the end game in terms of our our podcast in terms of length. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all for making it to the end. You could find me on Instagram at bearded underscore and underscore nerdy. That is where you can find updates and all sorts of this stuff. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.